0: Republican regulators have begun dismantling Obama-era net neutrality rules, opening the way for fewer restrictions on broadband providers and raising web companies' fears they'll face barriers to reaching customers. The net neutrality rules make it illegal for Internet service providers, such as AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon, to block websites, slow connection speeds, or charge extra for faster delivery of certain content. The Federal Communications Commission, in a two-to-one Republican, Republican, Republican-led vote gave preliminary approval to Chairman Ajit Pai's plan to replace rules passed in 2015 by Democrats. That begins months of public feedback and consideration, leading to a second conclusive vote. Our guests are Jonathan Spalter, president and CEO of U.S. Telecom, a trade group for broadband providers, including AT&T and Verizon, and Daniel Lyons, professor at Boston College Law School. Jonathan, why do broadband providers object to these rules which prevent them from blocking and slowing down websites?
1: Well, first of all, it's great to be here, but I think we all have to begin this discussion but uh, by taking a deep breath, in fact, the broadband industry is Foursquare uh, uh, supportive of making sure that our Internet will remain uh, open, that we believe in net neutrality. What we want to do is to develop a more modern and enforceable set of rules that will enable not only more innovation in our networks, but also ensure that we can protect consumers who we all deeply care about to ensure that the kind of Internet protections that we've all enjoyed over the past two decades of our experience with the Internet that has created so much opportunity, so much innovation, can continue to proceed proceed in the future. There's nobody who agrees with the idea that uh, our consumers shouldn't be protected and we shouldn't preserve an open and free Internet. That is a bedrock principle for uh, the entire industry. What we're seeking is a more thoughtful, more modern, more flexible approach that will uh, be as uh, equipped to deal with the kind of innovation cycles that we yet to experience without inhibiting them, without slowing down investment, without slowing down innovation, but at the same time making sure that we have enforceable uh, approaches to make our open Internet remain that way that Ajit Pai has put forward for, for uh, getting rid of these Obama-era rules, and, and you heard some of it from Jonathan there, has been that they discourage investment and innovation. Is there evidence to, to support that assertion? Well, we at UDIS Telecom have uh, done deep oh, I, I, data I'm I'm analysis. Sorry, I'm sorry, is Daniel on the line? I was asking Daniel, is he on the line?
2: Uh, yeah, I am. Um, So the evidence, I think it's fair to say, is mixed. There have been a number of studies that have been released that have suggested that uh, since the 2015 rules have come into effect that, in fact, broadband investment has gone down uh, by the major providers. There's been some uh, on the other side who have challenged those figures and released studies of their own. Uh, I think the broader sense here is is, uh, that... um, The goal of the FCC, in this case, is to encourage broadband investment, but I think the broader goal is to try to figure out what the right vehicle is by which to regulate the Internet going forward.
0: And, uh, Jonathan, are consumers supposed to trust that their broadband providers will always put the public interest before their companies' or stockholders' interests?
1: Well, I think it's passed as prologue, and the answer is resoundingly that there's really good reason for them to do so. Uh, Up until, at the last uh, couple of years of the Obama administration, uh, our Internet had been guided by a regulatory framework that was advanced by President Clinton, uh, supported by a Republican Congress, that uh, allowed for an enormous amount of innovation and, open the dominant themes in the evolution of our internet and consumers' experience with it—we have all enjoyed an open internet, you know, an internet that has given rise to unimaginable um, developments, incredible companies like Google and Yahoo, enormous amounts of broadband deployment, and you know, close to a trillion dollars, actually more than a trillion dollars of uh, investment in uh, it, making sure that our networks can uh, continue to evolve and become faster and more resilient. this is all based on a statutory framework that took a light touch to making sure that our internet can remain open rather than strajacketing it did. in um, the the 1934 uh, the idea that, Our internet. One of the most innovative inventions in humankind should be subject to much more onerous um, uh, strictures uh, as a public utility, as a common carrier. Daniel, let me let me ask Daniel to to respond to that. What what do you think about the argument that Jonathan's making there?
2: So I actually tend to agree that um, uh, regardless of the merits of net neutrality, the uh, movement toward uh, reclassification under Title II was not the right vehicle in which to accomplish this goal. Right, the um, the FCC is unfortunately in a position where uh, they're perpetually having to to try to fit square pegs into round holes. Right, the the last time the Communications Act was updated was back in 1996, when uh, those of us who were on the internet were doing so via dial-up. Uh, and the word broadband doesn't appear in the act more than a handful of times. So uh, I think um, it's exactly right that the those who were making policy in 1996 envisioned a light touch uh, over the Internet because they really weren't sure how it was going to evolve. Uh, but since then, the decision to simply try to uh, enact uh, Internet regulation by treating broadband providers essentially as phone companies uh, was somewhat misguided. Uh, Ultimately, I think the right answer here is going to be uh, some update to the Communications Act coming out of Congress.
0: Daniel, consumer advocates argue that these rules take advanced competition, innovation, small businesses and entrepreneurs, and there's hardly an internet-based company that has come out in favor of changing the rules. So... Why is there the disconnect between consumer advocates and uh, the um, the broadband providers? Well, I
2: think the primary concern here isn't uh, the creation of net neutrality rules. I think most people agree—not everybody at this point agrees—that uh, broadband providers shouldn't be in the business of blocking content or throttling content. Um, the the challenge, I think, is the vehicle by which you get there, right? So by imposing um, Title II common carriage onto broadband providers. The FCC created a host of problems that it wasn't anticipating at the time, one of which was uh, the hole that it ripped in data privacy rules. So the Federal Trade Commission regulates Uh, data privacy, but it doesn't have jurisdiction over common carriers. So the moment the FCC labeled broadband providers as common carriers, suddenly there was no privacy law applying to broadband providers.
0: I'm going to have to stop stop you there. We'll continue the discussion another time. Thank you, Daniel Lyons, professor at Boston College Law School, and Jonathan Spalter, president and CEO of U.S. Telecom. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back Monday at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our technical director, Chris Tricomi, and our producer, David Sucherman. You've been listening to Bloomberg Law on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.